0: Tonight we will be in, is this on? Test, test. I'm just going to speak real loudly now. Okay, there we go. Tonight we'll be in Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah chapter 3. It's chapter 3 verse 15. First, let's go to the Lord in a quick word of prayer. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you that it is true food for our souls. We pray that you would make us to attend to it carefully now and that you would feed and nourish us by it in Jesus' name. Tonight's passage reads, and I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. The Bible's filled with pastoral metaphors, with shepherding metaphors, and with eating metaphors. We all pretty much understand what a shepherd is, what a shepherd's job is. I know we understand eating. I was here for the potluck today. We get it. But a shepherd, as we know, tends to a flock of sheep. He looks to their care. He keeps them together. He protects them and leads them. And as our context is concerned with, he makes sure that they've got good grazing ground. Now sheep, for lack of a better term, Or stupid. So it's not really a flattering picture to be compared with a flock of sheep. It's definitely not the world's idea of a compliment to call someone a sheep. No one ever referred to someone as a sheep intending it to be a compliment. Dumb, gullible, tractable sheep. But let's be honest, that is a pretty accurate description of humanity as a whole. We are uh, generally, we're careless and wander wherever we will. We're impossibly oblivious to the dangers. We'll cozy up with anyone or anything that it seems even remotely friendly and are fatally stubborn. That's us. So since we pretty much get the idea of what a shepherd is and we definitely get the idea of eating, let's just jump right into the text, draw out some observations and applications from it. And the first thing we note is that God gives shepherds. Shepherds don't appoint themselves and they don't get picked by popular election. They are either the owner of the sheep or uh, usually a hired hand. And in this case, they are given by God They're given to shepherd the sheep that he's given to his son. The great fulfillment of this promise is, of course, Jesus Christ, the good shepherd who goes so far as to lay down his life for his sheep. But Jesus is no longer in this world bodily, and without a shepherd, sheep will certainly be scattered and die so In fulfillment of this passage and Christ's prayer to his father, that his sheep that are in this world would be kept unto salvation, God gives them shepherds. He doesn't leave them to wander where they will or to be undefended in a world filled with wolves or to let them graze away on poisonous plants. He gives them shepherds to lead them and to guide them and to protect them from spiritual danger. And most importantly to our text, he gives them shepherds to feed them. But because God gives these shepherds to his sheep, they are worthy of all honor and obedience. Shepherding is a difficult, dirty, often lonely job. Sheep don't always necessarily want to be shepherded. They wander and they bite and kick the shepherd sometimes when he tries to rouse them, or to redirect them. And the shepherd's life is very often fraught with worry and anxiety for the well-being of the sheep that are put in their charge. We should, therefore, and are commanded by Scripture to not make their task any more difficult than it needs to be, but to make their job a joy by loving them and obeying them. Sheep are difficult enough to work with, so don't make it any more difficult. Don't make... Your shepherds feel like they're trying to corral a herd of cats. The shepherds given by God are worthy of the honor due to them as Christ's appointed representatives in his place. They're worthy of our mutual care and affection for them in doing what we can to make them able to live off of their labors, which is also commanded by God and loving towards them, and it's expedient for us that our shepherding be their sole occupation. Now it's reasonable to assume from this text that we're speaking about pastoral ministers, and the text is uh, primarily speaking about them. Probably I've been speaking about them primarily so far, but uh, it's, I don't think it's only them. The shepherds, uh, shepherd in the Old Testament context, doesn't just apply to priests and ministers, but also to kings and men of authority. So brothers, and husbands, fathers, you're also called to shepherd those living under your care. This text applies to you, whether you're an elder or a deacon in this church or not. God has given you the charge to feed his lambs that are in your home with knowledge and understanding. You are responsible for Exercising oversight over their spiritual welfare. Lead them in prayer and in reading and discussing the scripture together. Gather them together for family worship and gather them to the fellowship of Christ's flock here at this local congregation for the public ministry of his word. And single brother, don't think that because you're not married then that this doesn't apply to you either. You... Also have a mutual responsibility then uh, towards your fellow sheep and encouraging them in God's word. To be a faithful churchman towards your fellow sheep, take note of the brother that's been conspicuously absent. Come alongside and encourage those struggling with sin. Don't let your brother wander into danger or cozy up to wolves and rouse them out of complacency. Also, sisters, don't think that it has nothing here for you either for you are called to come alongside your husbands and brothers to be companions in this task. You are their partners in overseeing the shepherding of your children and the care for the sheep of this congregation and for the deacon's work of maintaining the practical structures of this local ministry. So pay close attention to the pastoral work of the local church and understand what it entails. Grow in your understanding of theology and God's word and and all that is profitable in it, both for your own good and so that you may become a blessing of a helper and a companion in shepherding the flock of Christ. So first we see that God gives shepherds to tend to the flock of Christ. Secondly, we see that God gives shepherds that are after his own heart, which, of course, should bring to mind David, the man after God's own heart, the original type for the shepherd king of Israel, the author of Psalm 119, which extols the many nutritional and medicinal values and properties of Scripture, and is a veritable directory for shepherds after God's own heart towards the many ways in which scripture may be used to strengthen the weak and encourage the downcast to heal the spiritually sick and the lame and for everything that is profitable for Christ's sheep. David knew that the Lord's word is power and life, that its precepts are true and certain and delighted in it. But, brothers, I know many of you here are studied theologians, David's knowledge of Christ went beyond uh, mere theological abstractions and propositions he he wasn 't leading the flock anywhere theoretical that he 'd never actually been himself. His knowledge of the Lord was experiential, and yours must be too. Our books and theological texts are a wonderful blessing, but uh, they 're not the thing in itself to be fed. And to feed with knowledge and understanding means more than simply consuming information about the Lord, but to have personally tasted and seen that the Lord is good. It means having scouted out the good grazing grounds of scripture ahead of time and tested them with your own heart first. The shepherd after God's own heart must know and experience the power and the life and the love of Christ in his own life. He needs to know through his own experience how to lead others in coming to Christ for cleansing and restoration. The shepherd must first be fed of God before he may feed others with the knowledge and understanding of God. Luckily, like David, he doesn't need to be perfect, but he does need to know where to go in Scripture to find what the flock needs and how to encourage it to eat. We know David wasn't perfect, but above all things, we can uh, deduce from that the tremendous amount of psalms he's left for future sheep and shepherds that he understood through experience that what God's people need most is to know and to worship the living God. And now, for everybody's favorite subject, eating. The text says that these shepherds will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Well, what does that mean? It means that you have to eat God's word. It's kind of an odd thing with a few times in scriptures when you see like a prophet's commanded, eat this scroll. Eat it. Eat it. Eat. Scripture, relish it and meditate on it. Be satisfied by it. Be nourished by it. Don't let it just be something that exists outside and apart from you. Eat it. And now it's inside of you. Now it's the thing keeping you alive and sustaining you for action. After eating and meditating upon Scripture, now it's a part of you, it's the gas in your engine. The shepherds are responsible for scouting out and bringing you to the good grazing ground, the green grass of God's word. Their job is to feed you. Your job is to eat. Eat lots of it. Treat it like it's a big old bowl of oatmeal in the morning that you need to really stick to your ribs. Eat lots of it. But notice that the text specifically says that you're to be fed with knowledge and understanding. and We know that it was the great failing of the people of God in Jeremiah's time that they were ignorant of God. They didn't know him. They didn't trust him. They had turned to idolatry and to self-will and to futile words and false prophets, giving them lying visions and dreams. These were the things that Israel was feeding on and it was spiritual poison. But God's word says that man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So to be fed with knowledge and understanding, to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord means to depend upon the Lord as revealed in his word and what he has done In the promises of Christ, for your very existence as you do your daily bread, it means to treat God's word like you will die without it, because you will. Our passage says that God gives shepherds after his own heart, who feed his people with knowledge and understanding, and Jesus Christ says he is the living bread and true food, but neither of these facts mean anything if you will not eat. It does the sheep no good for the shepherd to bring them to green pastures if they'll not eat. Jesus is living bread. He is true food. He will raise you and keep you in spiritual life if you will depend upon Him as you depend upon your daily bread to sustain your body. To depend upon Him, you have to know Him. To know Him, you have to know His Word. It does you no good if your shepherds know the Lord and know His word and are convinced of the life-giving power of it, you must be convinced of it and be fed by the knowledge and understanding of the Lord that is presented to you. You must determine that your heart's true contentment and your heart's uh, I'm sorry your heart's true contentment and your soul's true nourishment are in the person and promises of Jesus Christ. You must depend upon Scripture's contents to sustain your soul as you do your morning and evening meals. The sheep that will not eat, the sheep that is sick, probably dying. So do you have an appetite for Christ's word? Do you find that you have a hunger and a longing for it? Or do you find that you can go long stretches without it? Do you find that you simply have no appetite for God's word? Do you find that your soul can have no rest, no comfort, no joy until it finds some word of promise or a blessed forgiveness in Christ? Or do you find that you can get by quite easily as long as you have the things that the world and the flesh tell you should satisfy you? Do you find that God's word preached might provide you with whole pages of notes of new information, but finds no place in your life as its contents are worked into your heart? Is the study of God's Word or godly books simply an exercise in theological abstractions that have no practical connection to your thoughts and life? It may, be that you're simply consuming facts about Christ and not truly being fed with knowledge and understanding. So the Lord has given shepherds to feed Christ's lambs and to feed us with knowledge and understanding. Jesus doesn't want us to be skinny, emaciated sheep wandering around in confusion. He wants us fat and happy, so, if your hunger and uh, if, excuse me, so if you find your hunger and your knowledge and understanding of the Lord, uh, if you find that you're lacking in your hunger for knowledge and understanding of the Lord, then start by chewing and meditating on this devotion for fuel for prayer that the Lord would give you an appetite for his word. I mean, a ravenous appetite. There is no such thing as the South Beach diet for scripture. Treat it like you're one of those power lifter guys that's just eating all the time. For those who have a strong and healthy appetite for God's word, pray that the Lord would teach you how to feed others with it. As a congregation, we're uh, really quite good at preparing meals for one another during times of sickness or difficulty. Let's pray that the Lord would teach us to prepare spiritual meals for one another. And I recommend spending long periods of time in Psalm 119, learning the theological food groups for this purpose. But most of all, let us thank the Lord that he has not left us to wander about on our own, seeking our own spiritual nourishment but that he has given to us shepherds after his own heart who feed us with knowledge and understanding let's pray lord we thank you for your kindness and your compassion for us that you have not left us to uh, to wander about on our own to try to feed ourselves uh, without uh, any help from you or from Ministers who love you, we pray that we would honor them and obey them, that we would be fed from them, and that we would find your word and the promises in it to be the greatest joy and the greatest hope and the the sustaining power in our lives, that we would hazard getting fed from your word at all costs, that we would Live by every word which proceeds from your mouth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.